Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to a very special Steelers preview podcast. It is the preview of a playoff game. I don't think, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, we've had a Steelers preview podcast for a playoff game yet because you weren't even with the, with the website. Am I right? Uh, this is my first postseason game with the Pittsburgh Steelers with behind the steel curtain. That's exciting. I'm really excited. It was something about today. I don't know what it was. I got started to get really excited. And you might be sitting here, whether you're listening or watching, saying Dave's there, Jeff's there, where's Brian? Having some technical difficulties. He's going to be joining us shortly. Don't worry. He will be here. We figured we can cover the news for him. He's he's always on the news. He knows what's going on. But, hey, let's get to the news. A lot of news happened this week. Okay. Four players for the Steelers came back in one way or the other. Now, I know that Robert Splane and Matthew Filer are not technically back yet. They just started the clock, and they are going to have to be taken off the injured reserve at some point. They have three weeks to do so. I don't think anyone's expecting them to use three weeks. Okay, then Eric Ebron and Cassius Marsh, they come off the COVID-19 reserve list. Which pair, in your opinion, Dave, is more important Thinking about everything, thinking about whether they're going to play or not, thinking about whether you because know, I personally don't know if Spillane or Filer is just going to be injected right into the starting lineup. Which is more important pair in your opinion? That's extremely difficult because if you look at it as both players, I would say Spillane and Filer, but if you were only going to pick one, I would say Ebron because when it comes to Cassius Marsh, don't even know if he's going to get the helmet as the other outside linebacker special teamer. It'll probably be down between him and J. Ron Elliott. Not totally sure. So when you're talking about, you know, 
one that's way up and one that's down, and then the other two that are they're there. I I got I really upset Matty P today. If you saw that, there's a lot I, of stuff going on because he he was talking about you know Kevin Dotson like. Whether I agree with it or not, chances are if Matt Filer's back, they put Matt Filer right back where he is at left guard, and Kevin Dotson goes to the bench. If he's I'm fully healthy, I agree if he's fully that. if he's fully healthy, yeah, I'm not saying I agree with that. I would like a even just a week of saying, "Hey, Filer, you're working your way back. We want to use you as a reserve. You're good for four spots on the line. Let's just keep it how it was last week, with the exception of Marquise Pouncey, and we're and we're good to go." I just don't know that that's what we're going to do. We don't know. Will they even activate him? I'm sh- I'm sure they are planning on it, but will they? We'll I, oh, I definitely expect Spillane. Tomlin yes. talked about Spillane leading up to week 17. Yeah. And then I, I I thought they might get him into practice situations before the Browns game in week 17. He didn't. I fully expect Spillane back. I'm not sure about Filer. I wouldn't be shocked if Filer is not taken off injured reserve this week. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Well, you want, a, you want an early bold prediction? Okay. Cassius Marsh might not even be on the Steelers come Sunday. <laughs> okay. Uh, they could cut him. Good. They could, they're going to have to cut players. They're going to well, have to waive some players. They may. They're one player under right now, even with the two guys coming because back. Because of the COVID call-ups, Because, right? yeah. Now, that, but remember, you still have Joe Hayden that will need to come back the following week should the Steelers still be playing, which – Bold prediction. I'm going to say there. I'm going to say we have another preview next week. Um, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> okay. So, but right now they have 52 because of the way it works. If you actually go to Steelers.com and there's Brian. Um, <laughs> um, when if you go to Steelers.com and you count up, you'll actually probably count 54 because they haven't technically moved Deion Kane and Anthony Coyle back to the practice squad, although that's where they, they reverted back. I mean, I think they protected one of them this week, so they obviously have to be back on the practice squad. So but so they have spot a, a spot for one more person without cutting anybody. But I think you're right. It, it, guys like Cassius Marsh, especially doing the COVID thing, you know, that might be one of those things. Um, I don't know how much longer to gray scales will be with the Steelers if they need that spot. Those are a couple guys. Other than that, you really don't want to expose anyone else to waivers. Well, and, and let's be honest here. Let's say Spillane and Filer come back and they're able to play this Sunday. Even if they're not starters, they provide really good depth at positions yes. of need because Filer can play both guard and tackle. Spillane, not only a good special teams player, but he's also going to be able to spell Avery Williamson or Vince Williams, whichever they need. He's more athletic than both. He, at least before his knee injury, was faster than both. And that's not saying much, but still, it's an improvement. We welcome Brian Anthony Davis to the show. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, glad to be a guest. <laughs> you, they're laughing because I had a whole freak out before we came on. I'd rather me say it than they say it. I, I got this brand new microphone set up. I was all proud of it. I got it for Christmas. And then right before we are ready to go on, it just collapsed on me. And so... I don't handle adversity sometimes well when uh, my wife tells me that. And so I went a little crazy, but I like what I listen to everything you're saying guys. And it's great to have both of these guys back. um, Both of these pairs back. I really think that the guys that have been healthy and in the lineup um, like Ebron and even well, Cassius Marsh, he plays well on special teams. 
I think that's kind of those guys have been ingrained in what's been going on. And those are the guys that I'm looking for to go ahead and build on what they have. Now, like you mentioned, like Dave mentioned, uh, that caused all the controversy. I think he was absolutely correct because I was going to call him Bruce Arians. Excuse me. Um, that guy, Randy land, he came out, he came out and said, you know, it would be too much to try to move these guys around right now, right before the playoffs, put Filer back at left tackle to keep, to keep dots in here. So I think they, uh, they might try to ease those guys in because they're coming off of injury and give the other guys a chance to continue to play. And if you need, if you need a lifeline, maybe you pull one of those guys in, but for right now, I think they go with the guys that have been starting. If anybody gets, gets uh, more of a chance to play would be Spillane over over Filer, I would think, going into this week. Now, the other news of the week is the the Cleveland Browns, and this is the third go-around with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers facing an opponent that are dealing with COVID issues. The issues at some points, for instance, I think it was Wednesday, they had no positive tests. Everyone thought, okay, good. Seems like the worst is behind us. And then, nope. Thursday comes around, and it was um, Dave. Correct me in the name. Safety Harrison. Yes, he Ron, tests positive. Ronnie, Ronnie. Ronnie yes, yeah. Ronnie Harrison tests positive. He's out this weekend for sure. Along and now, with the, um, uh, practice squad player. Practice squad player. Yeah. Yeah. Now the NFL is saying that there might this, there was some you know player to player transmission. Now we're looking at a potential outbreak. They're saying Friday could be – this was from Dr. David Sills I saw. I think it was from Tom Palisro, the NFL Network. Uh, there are people in the live chat right now asking, is the game going to get postponed? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave or, or Brian. I have not seen any news from the NFL stating that they are talking about moving the game. No. The NFL has always said, and the perfect example of this is the Denver situation when they were hosting the Saints in the regular season. They will not move a game for competitive reasons. They will only move a game if it is not deemed to be safe for the players, coaches, staff, etc. And so that's why Tennessee Titans game got moved. That's why the Baltimore Ravens game got moved. As of right now, if they don't deem it's going to be an outbreak and could be a potential risk for anyone else, they're going to play the game. And the Browns have not practiced yet this week. Like, think about that. Guys, how big of a deal is that? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, Baker Mayfield says it doesn't matter, but it really does. You know, you they have to, I mean, before the playoffs, they have to practice as a team. It puts them at a disadvantage. Now, I realize that back in week four, going into week five, when Tennessee um, pulled their shenanigans, they had a whole lot of time. Even though they didn't have a lot of practices, they had a whole lot of time. These guys don't have time to go ahead and uh, practice at all. They, Tennessee and even the Ravens, they got some practices in before the game. This is a complete disadvantage for the Browns, and it's one that 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 uh, I don't want to say they brought upon themselves, but it uh, if it becomes an outbreak, then something has happened to lend to it, which means that, yeah, they've got to face that adversity and and go through that not having their head coaches is uh even tougher we're gonna because, get to that don't steal the thunder we're gonna okay, get to that. i won't but um when you don't have that and you don't practice i mean th- this is a recipe for disaster dave not practicing an issue for you at the national football league level or no 
You mean, is there a disadvantage? I mean, there's a disadvantage. Well, I mean, like, in high school kids don't practice, they're going to look awful because they're just not that good. In the NFL level, if they don't practice, and I think they will get at least one practice in, does it matter, or are these guys good enough they they can wing it? Well, I mean, I do remember one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger not being able to practice at all before the uh, Cincinnati Bengals game, and he came out and looked pretty good in that uh, one. BT, BTR but, is a different beast, though. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, what, he well, goes weeks without practicing. But, but here's the other thing you got to remember: they're holding these virtual practices, so they're so they're they're working on game plan, yeah. and you're like, oh, really? Does that really help a lot? Yes, it does. And think about it: if they do practice, they're missing. Don't want to steal the thunder. A lot of coaches, yeah. but during virtual practices, they're not. So that's just something else to think about and remember. I, I mean, you can't say it's not a big deal, but in my opinion, well, first of all, these players haven't been in contact with each other since Sunday, you know, and it's not like they traveled. They were, it was a home game. So I did not hear anything else with the contact tracing with these guys today i know they were doing it and then i didn't hear anything else of anyone else going on the list so that should tell me hopefully that there's nothing else with that but you, we know how it works i think i'll be honest with you i will throw it out to you guys i think the reason they're kind of tentatively setting this whole notion of friday can you push one playoff game back or do you just have to push back the whole thing what do you mean can you just have one playoff game not being played this weekend and being played there, later on? To me, you'd have to push the whole wild yeah, card weekend. There's, Absolutely. There's no way. If they were to say, we're going to move the Steelers and Browns to Monday, you would have to change the entire schedule for the rest of the playoffs because you cannot punish the Steelers yeah. for something that they didn't do. And that's if the Steelers win. I'm not, well, not going to say anything like that. But I mean, if, And yeah. if the Bills win against – the Colts, then they, would be host, then they would be hosting the Steelers, and they play on Saturday. So you're already talking about they're gonna they're gonna have an extra day anyway, and then you're going if that's the matchup, and then you're gonna add another one or two or whatever on top of that. That's that's not. Let's just say it that you can't do that to a team in the playoffs, regardless of who wins the game, unless they're worried about continued spread throughout the locker room. Of the Browns, I know some people say, well, what about the Steelers? On any level, from what I understand, worldwide, there has not been transmission from one team to another during a sporting event. So the the concern isn't as much. I mean, of course, you want to be careful when it comes to things with with the Steelers, but the bigger concern is within the Browns organization itself. I mean, what happens if they win that game and then all of a sudden, boom, they're out 25 players? Yeah. I mean, to me, I think about the not practicing and if it was if they didn't have all these players that were missing, I don't think it would be that big of a deal because they played football their whole lives. Like you said, they're doing all the virtual meetings they're planning. But when it comes to the fact that, you know, they're missing uh, Betonio, is that his name? The the guard. Mm-hmm. Um, they're already the, we mentioned Harrison. They're out uh, at least one wide receiver. The other one's in concussion protocol. He's probably not going to play. Um, they're down. Obviously, OBJ's not in the lineup. Denzel Ward is he able to come back this Sunday? I don't, I can't remember. It's still a possibility, depending okay. on how his tests and everything have right. gone, which they can't disclose. So exactly, if he comes off right when he's allowed to, he can. But 
not everyone comes but off. They, they have a lot of issues right now. And, and like you said, the coaches and the coaching staff, it's not just Stefanski. It's their offensive line coach. It's I think a couple other coaches. Let, let's go to this. Cause I'm going to be honest with you all here. And I said this to Brian when I saw him yesterday, I, when I heard the news that Stefanski tested positive and he wasn't going to be on the sideline Sunday, I was like, ah, oh, that stinks. You know, that's, that's going to play a role. I mean, he makes decisions. And then I found out, cause I didn't know, I didn't know he was their play caller. I didn't know that he was the guy calling in the plays. And then all of a sudden that totally changed my tune. It was wow. I mean, this is incredible. This makes a big difference. It's not like Mike Tomlin. Let's call a spade a spade. If, if Mike Tomlin were to test positive, he's not calling offense or defensive plays. He's making, he's making the final judgment call on certain situations, but for the most part, that's on Randy Feetner or Matt Canada. That's on Keith Butler. The Steelers would be able to survive, I think. Guys, how big of a deal is it? Because in my mind, it's a pretty big deal. How big of a deal is not having Kevin Stefanski on the sideline calling plays this Sunday night? Brian, go ahead. It goes from a thing of perfection and perfect execution to, all right, Kevin would have done this. Maybe we should try this. Because he cannot coach virtually. He's not allowed to call. He is not allowed to call into them whatsoever. Now he's allowed to coach this week, but virtually. But he cannot, during that game, he cannot have any contact with them whatsoever on Sunday because then there would be an advantage. There would be way too much of an advantage because if he's watching stuff on TV and seeing stuff that the announcers are seeing and seeing a different view, and he's he could they could have a complete competitive advantage. So that's one of the reasons that they would not let him in there. You cannot coach remotely. So the fact that you have Alex Van Pelt who is, uh, I know he's not the acting head coach, but he was supposed to be calling plays in preseason, but lo and behold, there's no preseason. So he didn't get a chance to do it. So it became one of those things that Kevin Stefanski is like, okay, this is my system that I'm putting in. You don't have time to practice calling these plays, so I'll do it this season. And that's basically what happened here. So this is something that Kevin Stefanski has been mentioned this week throughout the whole process as one of the best guys on the fly as far as play calling. He is very adaptable as far as uh, what to run. So now they've got to do what would Kevin do? And that becomes a completely different story. They're trying to think like he would think. They're trying to do a job that they haven't really done all year. And trying to do that for the first time in the playoffs in a playoff game is pretty tough. Dave, what about you? The impact of Stefanski not being on the sideline and calling plays. Yeah, I think it's a big deal because he calls the plays. Like you said, if it until you found out he called the offensive plays, it was like, yeah, you kind of, you know, you, the, the biggest thing you want to see your head coach is, is a delegator. But when you're the head coach and you're the one also calling the offensive plays, you know, how let's just use it since our since our um our resident Kansas City fans in the live chat. What would happen if it was someone like Andy Reid, mm-hmm. who also calls the plays? But they also have someone like Eric, Eric Bieniemy, yeah, who is the coordinator, who a lot who is interviewing for head coaches and things out there. I don't think Van Pelt's ever done this before, so that's going to be. I mean, imagine. I mean, who knows? Has he ever called plays on any level before? Because he's not that old and hasn't been around all that long, and I'm pretty sure he. I don't know. Did he come from, did he go to college coaching first or did he come right into the NFL after his time 
if he's never imagine being your very first time ever calling plays and it's and it's for a team that has gone 18 seasons without being in the postseason and it's their first playoff game in, in that long so uh maybe just a little bit of pressure on him See, I, I don't see it as much as like, like I know Brian. You brought up some really good points. Like, what would Kevin do? Like, that, those are really good points. I see this as more of a you're the coach that's in the quarterback's ear now. Are you slower getting the play call to him? Are you hesitating? Is Baker Mayfield doing this on the sidelines? I don't understand you, or I can't p- pick up the pace. Are they calling timeouts? Are they getting a delay of game penalty because that transmission is not as smooth as it usually is? I see that as being a, a bigger factor to me than the actual plays themselves. But I could be wrong. I think Stefanski, he's he's a good coach. You can't deny that. He's going to have a plan together. He's going to have a plan together for sure. All right, um, Brian, you gave us the headline for this podcast. Why don't you say what that is, and we'll talk about that briefly. Sure, I would be glad to do that. Um if I could remember <laughs> what the headline is, I was going to say, hold on. What, 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 so I've got wait, it here. Brian, I'll give you a minute to figure it out because I got to ask Jeff a question. I do Jeff, have it. But... Jeff, yeah. What I, I'm thinking of a movie, I can't think of it. Maybe it was a TV show where it was a dad or a guy that was just, he was trying to do like a beach chair at the beach and it wouldn't open and it wouldn't function right. And he's sitting there flipping around with the beach chair. And maybe it was an episode of Mr. Bean or something like that. That was John just, Candy. Just, or maybe it was flipping around for forever. And he finally gets it set up and then he sits in and he collapses. <laughs> That's what we were witnessing off the screen with when Brian Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah. That's why I laughed when he came on because there's just all this stuff flipping around the screen, going crazy. <laughs> and then he comes in just calm, cool, collected, ready to roll. Um, hey, Brian, what's the title? Yeah, what is the title of this episode? <laughs> it is this. Just how much did the Week 17 loss help the Steelers for the rematch with Cleveland? And that's basically lending to the fact that Cleveland had to win that game, so they had to put everybody out there. The Steelers will not completely resemble the team that was out there in Week 17, while Cleveland is going to resemble them pretty well with the exception of the losses that just came out this week. So is Cleveland facing a completely different team and Pittsburgh just saw their, their opponent a week ago and could scout so much better. That's a good question. Uh, Dave, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, I was saying this going into the game. I wanted to see the Steelers with with Mason Rudolph just run a completely different offense. Don't make don't make Mason runs Ben offense. Just put something all new in for the week, because because one you're not showing anything that you plan on doing in the playoffs, and two if it works really well, then teams have to ask. Kind of like everything going on with the Josh Dobbs thing. Do we have to prepare for this now? And I mean, and Coach Tomlin has done the right thing of not saying, you know, kind of leaving open the possibility of having Josh Dobbs active to come in and run some of these plays just to make the other team have to have to do that. So the Steelers, by basically saying we're resting our guys, they they didn't – the bigger con- – it's not that they didn't want to win the game week 17. Their focus was being healthy, and it looks like as, as much as possible they are going to be healthy for this game. Yeah. I mean, we can't talk about guys that were lost for the season – weeks ago. So mission accomplished there. And therefore the Steelers knew they were going to get the Browns best. And now they're going to have to get the Browns best again this week. It is very, very similar. I think Brian's exactly right with this. I think that week 17 showed the Steelers that 
you know, the Browns were, were uh, obviously they're a good enough team to make the postseason, uh, double digit wins. First time making the playoffs since 2002. It, the Browns are going to be a different team. And so are the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, you think that the no Olivier Vernon, that, that's a big deal for this Browns defense. Now, no Ronnie Harrison, you're going to be shorthanded at the wide receiver position. You're going to your offensive line. It's a third or four string guard going against a fresh Cam Hayward. I mean, think about that. That's going to be big. So if they have to double team Cam the whole time, that means a two it Watt or Highsmith are going to have one on one matchups. I think that this, I think it was the headline of the Know Your Enemy podcast where it literally is like two different teams playing one week after they just played <laughs> because the Steelers with Roethlisberger and Pouncey Hayward and uh, TJ Watt, that makes a big deal. And I had to answer some questions from um, the Dogs by Nature editor, and he asked me, like, well, how big of a deal is this? It's a big deal. Mason Rudolph did throw for 315, and that's great, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. You know, we know this. Brian, what do you think about it? Well, I'm laughing because that was my headline too. And so I'm on <laughs> I'm on this kick with uh, just the fact that last week, like I said, they're different. You just said how different they are with these guys out. But here's the thing. That's a disadvantage that these guys are out. They scouted the team and the system last week. I know they're going to try to do things different. How much different can they really do them now without Stefanski in there? They might have to rely on the stuff that, they've done in the past they they might not be able to be as innovative they could be with him not on the sidelines on sunday but it's i think it's a complete disadvantage too for cleveland pittsburgh like i said they they didn't have to show any hands they didn't have to show too much of anything whatsoever like you said about josh dobbs that could be a thing that is put back in the drawer and you don't see again I mean, they could go to the Super Bowl. See, say the Steelers go to the Super Bowl. You might not see that again the entire time because that was brought out for that game. And But like Dave said, it's on people's minds now. So th there's, there's so many things that the Steelers can do here, and they've got a little bit of an advantage because while we saw Olivier, Olivier Vernon and he's gone, they didn't see T.J. Watt and he's back. And with all those other players that we're talking about. So that's where it becomes an advantage. Now, I want to invoke another headline that was not mine, it was Dave's. And Dave's was be careful what be careful of getting too complacent and getting too confident because what did you say? A wounded dog. Yeah. See, where the wounded dog. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Because they I got mean, nothing to lose and everything to fight for. Well, yeah, I, th I would be worried about that if the Steelers would have would have won in Week 17. If they would have found a way to come back and win, and they they beat them twice, you got to beat them three times, and you're going to have them at home. I feel like there would be a little sense of complacency. I'm not sure that's the case, but I'll tell you what. Before we take our first break, Dave, you have the injury report up. That's probably something that I should have, and I do have it up now. Yeah, very good. Okay, let's run down the injury report. Let's talk about that briefly. Then we'll take a break. When we come back from that break, we're going to talk about X factors, predictions. We're going to do something new for this upcoming game. Go ahead, Dave. Okay, so for the Steelers' injury report, if you paid attention to Wednesdays, there were some you were some things that were worried. Boswell was just limited. Stephen Nelson was limited with the knee. Um, Tyson Alawalu and Vince Williams did not practice um, with injuries. Every single person who missed any kind of time on Wednesday was full on Thursday. The only people that missed Thursday were players new to the injury report, which was Isaiah Bugs with an illness. But the big one was 
Juju Smith-Schuster with the knee. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster missed an awful lot of Wednesday practices the first part of the season with a knee injury. And there was even one time when he missed Wednesday and Thursday. So this is one of those injuries that you're like, I don't like to see it. But at the same time, one, it's the postseason. And two, it's not something that we haven't seen before. That maybe it's like, oh, let's give Juju off Thursday so he's only got one day of practice on that knee and not back-to-back days before we go. Maybe that was it. I don't know. I'm hoping we have we get good news tomorrow. As for the Browns injury report, it's just an estimation because yeah. Aaron practiced for two days, so it's almost not worth it. Well, the, the concussion is worth it to me yes, because the fact true. that that receiver is on, and everyone thought it was a back injury, but it turned out as the whiplash mm-hmm. of that hit from Sean Davis gave. What is that gentleman's name? Did you have that? Donovan Peoples Jones. Peoples Jones, the Peoples Court. All right. So when you look at the Steelers, out of those injuries, you know, you talk about Boswell with the groin, that can creep up on you. I mean, you talk about Juju's knee, you talk about, um, he could even mention Vince Williams quad or the knee of, of Steven Nelson, which injury is the one that you're saying, keep an eye on this one for Friday. Cause remember this is being recorded Thursday night. So we don't know the Friday injury report, regardless of when you're listening to it, Brian, which injury for the Steelers are you like, really, this is a big one. Gosh, I'm looking right now. I still think it's Juju. Okay. You know, I, I really think that, uh, you know, that he, with him not practicing, I, I just think he's a guy that does all the little stuff like the Heinz Ward stuff that uh, helps enable the other receivers. So to me, I think that's a huge deal right now. What about you, Dave? Well, I'm just because Brian said, Juju, I'm going to take Boswell yep. with the limited coming back to full. This was almost like a, probably more of a test day than anything to then see how he is tomorrow. You have to have him go full to see how he rolls. Um, and it's not really as much as the field goals because, as we saw, the extremely accurate Matthew Wright had the kicks from, from more of a distance. He hit the 246 yarders. You know, I would feel confident, you know, with him now, if you get him within 45, I think he's money. And you know, you could even try a 50-yarder a, a if you need to. Jeez. The biggest thing, I mean, we'll see. You don't want to overkick. I mean, the ones you get from would tough. have been good from 50. Yeah, I think you might have had some. But wins. when you're knowing that it's 50, you might have a tendency to overkick. The biggest thing is actually the kickoffs. Yes. He is like, Matthew Wright is rated extremely low on PFF with his kickoffs because he can't get it in a touchdown zone. He can't. He can't do the touchback. When the Steelers he doesn't, he doesn't get it high enough. Like everyone thinks about Justin, other, yeah, Justin Tucker. Like Justin Tucker can kick it really high, uh-huh. and it doesn't get in the end zone, but it gives his coverage team a unit to get down there and make a play and pin him deep. Yeah. Wright's kicking it as hard as he can. He's, He's got to drive line. that at the forty-five <laughs> degree angle. Doesn't get the height on it, and it still doesn't get there just to try to get as deep as possible. Which means those guys are getting a run and start and are flying upfield before they hit any Steelers. And I know sometimes you're like, where's the coverage? It's because the kick got down there low, and it's just how it works. Yeah. I was going to say Boswell. You said that's – I'm going to pull a Brian Anthony Davis. I'm going to think outside the box here. Okay, there's my box. I'm outside it. I'm and- <laughs> and I'm, you know, hey, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's a very common phrase. And I'm talking about how someone that missed last week with a shoulder injury – 
you kind of missed him, Mr. Trell Edmonds. How yeah. often did we think we would be saying we're missing Trell Edmonds? Sean Davis looked like hot garbage out there. And people wonder, where's Sean Davis? Like, we got Sean Davis back from Washington. Where is he? Well, he's not good. <laughs> That's why he's probably not playing. Maybe he's not used to playing. It's good backup if you don't have to use him. It's a good backup if you don't have to use him. Yeah, but he's basically a special teamer now. And well, maybe here's some be- tweets coming from Sean Davis. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Lust and Jane didn't hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, so still, like, Sean Davis has his moments, but he also has plenty of gaffes at the same time. And Terrell Edmonds, believe it or not, this season has not had many gaffes, okay? He said he's played a very, very good defensive back this season. His safety, this is the the best year of his career by far. And that's what you expect. You expect to see. I'm going to say... Terrell Edmonds coming back into the lineup is going to be a big deal, especially in run support, especially covering tight ends like Najoku, who's still a threat. Keep an eye for that. So there you go. All right. We're going to take a quick break. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, we're not going anywhere, so don't go anywhere. But if you're on our audio side, head over to part two. We're going to talk about X factors, predictions, trivia, over under, you name it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. (laughs) 